Was that two minutes? <laughs> I loved your text. Spanish you know, two minutes. I was minutes. making a coffee, right? And, and I have this little filter thing with one of those, what do they call it? Zero? I don't know. But you plunge it and the freaking filter didn't catch and it just plunged into all the grounds. And oh, man. So I was scrambling to make another little coffee because it's kind of a habit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Got to have your coffee. coffee. We're, right. we're having coffee together, Ron. That's great. Where Cheers. I'm in Washington visiting my parents. Okay. So that, that's where the number says come from. Like, what? Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Yeah. I came up here uh, over the weekend or I came up here last week for a wedding over this past weekend. My best friend got married. So that was super fun. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. Then you're going on an, a bouldering adventure? I am, yeah. I leave for Switzerland on the 12th of May. Wow. And I go there for six weeks, and then I go to South Africa for two months. So a big wow. adventure. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've never climbed overseas before. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Can you hear me okay, by the way? Yeah, I can hear you perfect. Can you okay. hear me? Great, yeah. Yeah, that is so exciting. And, uh, you know, I used to go to Europe a lot or wherever, been to Africa and, you know, different things in time. And now I've been here for so long in a way, working with Sacred Rock and, and just enjoying, I don't know, being here. But, mm -hmm. but it gets me excited to think about what you're going to do and, and what a great adventure it is. Mm -hmm. and, and beyond privilege, right? I mean, oh, yeah. And flying in planes, like, you know, I, I've been getting so informed that we're, we're at such a tipping point as they've written books about, even titled that, right? That to even think that this is still available is amazing, you know? Yeah. That you can still get on a plane and fly wherever and, and we can enjoy bouldering. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. We, yeah. we know what that means to us, but that's why I wanted to talk to you again. And I don't know when you, you know, if you can do this now or later or whatever, but, but this, this, um, interpretation of the experiences we're having, cause see working in native community, you get your higher education about the story of humanity in a, in a traditional cultural tribal sense, which is how we all survived to this point. We made it all this far because we did have tradition and culture and, and a connection with the earth and all this other way of understanding nature and natural laws and higher intelligence based on nature. So it just intrigues me beyond my own imagination sometimes, like how amazing climbing is to make a connection. Mm. And and the first guys around were doing that, that walked into the mountains. But then we can, you know, fast forward to even Royal Robbins going up to Half Dome, right? You're like, Jesus. Like they said, it was like going to the moon or something. And to recognize the, the deep-rooted experience for the human psyche. And Glenn Denny, I'm sure you're aware, we did the climbing in the 60s and Valley Walls. Did you ever catch those books at all, Valley Walls? No, I don't I don't know much about him, actually. Yeah. Well, he, he's like, uh, uh, well, we had a little memorial for him because he crossed, passed on and all. And I was thinking to myself, he was a true Yosemite climber. And I know we got to share words, and that was the last thing I said. Ben Denny was a true Yosemite climber, and I pondered it for my own self later. And it's just to think that 
a human being came into this place at that time, absorbed so much of the experience of climbing, but then he he had a way to express it through his photography and writing. And there was something unique to think about that in an evolution of a person that was contributing to next generations, you know, to to document that particular period of time. But if you look at the human being, the individual, he 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 had a, an experience that was was so deep for himself that when he wrote about it and you read it, you were connecting to him too because he was talking about like camp four and waking up with it raining or something mm. like which which we've all done, you know. So there's something in all this that keeps intriguing me to what is the future of climbing and what is the future of education in general for for a human experience, you know. Yeah. That's what Sega Rock that's what Sega Rock's about. So in fact and thank you guys, you know, for helping us out because that it's so cool to have some energy come into our organization so we can continue to use our imaginations and have an open mind and think out of the box and challenge ourselves just like what our climbing psyche is all about. It's about challenging yourself, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's just be honest. So if we're challenging ourselves in, that, in these particular realms, we should think about challenging ourselves to what it means to be human and what our contribution is and what the world situation is. <laughs> right. It's so serious. But, but I think we've been conditioned to such an extent that we're not aware of it. You know, we, we just go along with stuff to a certain extent. Right. It's fair enough. It, yeah. It's fair enough at certain stages of life, right? But this is why I talk the way I talk. Because I'm already past that stage of life. In a way. I mean, I guess that's how you say it. I don't know if it's how I want to say it, but <laughs> I'm in an evolution of myself. So, so there's something profound in the nature of a human stages of life that you get to consider your experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, um, that's where I'm coming from. I want to read your email. I'm already recording. Is it okay that we're just recording oh, right now? I I hope you were recording all that because I, <laughs> I, I I just want it's all on the fly, right? I yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I'm going to read the email that you sent me. This was totally out of the blue. We haven't spoken in I don't know a year, maybe more, probably more. And um, I you know I meant to come to Yosemite last fall, didn't make it happen. Still, still haven't been there since you and I have talked, um, hoping to make that happen one of these seasons, but you just sent me this email out of the blue. The title of the email is spiritual revolution for evolution. And in classic Ron Kauk style, zero punctuation in this email, it's just one long sentence. And it says, maybe if you're still doing your podcast, we could meet again on the lessons learned climbing that ultimately can evoke the human spirit back into being human in a time of great suffering of separation. Right. What made you send that? What, where's, your, where's your mind been thinking about all that stuff? And what made you want to reach out and, and share that? Well, it's, it's where my being is too, you know, my, my heart, my mind, my feet on the ground in the backyard. Like I was talking to you before, and I like to stand barefoot in my own way, kind of inspired by Qigong that a lady was teaching me a while back, but I modified it into a, my own style and, you know, in the morning face the sun. So I, I, I just get, nature has a flow to it, right? So 
there's a flow to thoughts. That's why the, the way I write is like just a stream of consciousness, just a stream of thought, right? So that that's the theme of my psyche now is, is that's the track I'm on. In a way, I'm tracking where we've come from and where we're going, you know. And, and so sometimes you just, like I say, living in Yosemite, living simply, working with the Native community, working with Sacred Rock, having my own time myself, going to the cookie, many tracking routes from from 1974 <laughs> you know in, in a side note henry barber just called me if, if you can remember henry barber which we all should <laughs> yeah he's very significant energy that came into yosemite and he's coming back uh, here to visit this coming memorial weekend and of all things he said you know i'd like to film butterballs and, and <laughs> you know on, on the visco wall and, and so we had this tall conversation because he said it's 50 years anniversary for him kind of if you could say it that way wow he did the first ascent of butterballs so we had this great conversation so probably in the flow of these different things happening with the glenn denny uh memorial uh henry barber calling me one come here i'm just thinking wow there's so much to all this that is so deep in its opportunity for rock climbers to have an, an education and i like to say higher education because i'm not all sold on public education or universities and academics and even science sometimes it it gets a little exaggerated and i think we're out of balance in, in when you say what's in my mind well there's a creative side of your mind there's a, a the intellectual side i think we're so developed intellectually that we're lacking on our creativity and our imagination at times mm. and then our heart for for the compassionate and and, and really higher intelligence of well, your heart won't lie to you, right? So so maybe what happens to me is I get these things that come to me from my heart, and it just wants to come out. <laughs> it wants to share. It's a natural reaction. So, and it is classic, bro. It's like, you know what? feels like like we need to be talking about more or, or all that. And, th and that's what I mean about living in such a powerful nature place. If your mind is open, thoughts will come to you. And where does a thought come from? A guy named Deepak Chopra, some might have heard of him. He, he suggested that once in a, in a talk he was given. He's like, where does a thought even come from? Mm, yeah. So that thought came to me. And then it came to wanting to talk to you because it was such an honor last time. And then I thought about that you put stuff out there, you know, for people to be aware of Sega Rock. And, and there was an energy that came to us from that, which made me feel like, yeah, we have connections out there. But maybe it's an exciting time for our climbing community to imagine our roots where they used to recognize it as counterculture, mm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and so maybe that's not even the title for us now, but it might be that, that we start something up with this idea of spiritual revolution for evolution because we need to evolve. And, and, we, and climbing is an opportunity to do something that's outside the box, really. Mm. You know, and the fact that you're going to go all the way to South Africa and, and over to Switzerland, wherever you're going, to boulder and creatively engage in, in the nature of that rock, wherever that beautiful setting will be, lends itself to an incredible opportunity for learning. Yeah. Because everything, we're all here to learn. But it's exciting to think about the ability to organize and, and create something that's a really powerful contribution to raising the human awareness and consciousness. And somehow we have to be able to talk about this in very simple, humble, no hidden agenda. We're not trying to sell clothes with fancy names. Uh, it, it, and that's all okay. I'm not against any of this stuff. It's Aikido philosophy. Of, we're guiding energy, right? 
and and you got guys doing podcasts and different angles and different old stories. I heard a story about the the plane crash up in Yosemite and all the mm-hmm. marijuana and you know, and that's all fun and interesting. You know, there's a place for that, but in the same time, there's a place for us to even be willing to take even more responsibility is to try to talk about what it means to be a human being and what's happened to us all. And we had a talk in our local town here, uh, in our local community hall, I should say, El Patel yesterday with our native elder, another native lady that came to help the tribe from back east. She's academic, you know, big degrees in native education. And, and we were talking to all the park interpreters, but not all, but Nature Bridge, outdoor educators. And, and it was really an exciting talk because what we're trying to do is say, what is the worthy thing to talk about native people? You know, how do you talk about native people in the Wahoga Village next Camp 4? And she described what it means to be native, for you know, and, and all these different things for quite a while. And, and then it's really fun to be in some kind of position like I am that that's just a guy that showed up and started climbing big walls and doing boulders and, and getting an intimate relationship, then continue your education in the native community, which evokes your indigenous connection as a human being because – we're all made up of the earth, right? Mm. And, and and these are the really difficult things to talk about now when we're so busy trying to hang on to that sloper and get the next move because <laughs> you want to do that V, V, whatever, you know, and, and that's fun too. But but then uh, anyway, w- when you sit in a big circle of people and it's, you know, maybe what people call white people or brown people or black people, whatever it all is, but it was fun to suggest that we're all indigenous and we all came from a place at one time in your DNA lineage. Mm-hmm. So you might say, well, I'm Scottish or I'm German or whatever, but, but you can keep going back, right? So keep going back, keep going back. And, and you were indigenous. You were from a place and probably you were in a tribe. So, so there's some significance to recognizing that. So my point to all this is when we say spiritual revolution for evolution is to, to end racism, right? Mm-hmm. Like to get, to get ourselves so tuned in that we're not um, judgmental or, or we're not in fear or denial about who we are, mm. you know? So it's really intriguing because there's something very liberating about rock climbing. And, and we all know that you can travel all different kinds of places in the world. You could be bouldering with someone that's black. You're not going to care. <laughs> you know, you're both stoked on climbing. So there's a story and, and it's trying to come out, right? We've seen some pretty cool little documentaries, Conrad Anchor did, you know, taking people from Tennessee or wherever the heck it was, ice climbing. And so we're making attempts, but it just dawned on me. What does it take to go a little further sometimes, you know, and, and, and inspire ourselves to, to start something that is really focused on what people call environmentalism. And there's, there's a place for that activism. But what I learned in native community, when we evoke our spirit into the spiritual connection, then we're really taking a step, right? We're going into a whole nother level, another dimension of reality in a way of saying with the unseen world, you know, and that's been a hard thing because we've all been conditioned. So we were, they were talking about boarding schools yesterday in our talk down here. And, you know, we could all be going, man, that's just terrible. Look what they did to the native people. They assimilated them and took everything and killed them and just on and on. And then you think to yourself, okay, then what happened? You know, at some point they designed our school systems after industrialization to train you to be an employee. Mm. So it all happened again. It all happened again. We all got assimilated 
and, and, and we had to be kind of follow our instructions and be an employee to run a system. Now, I'm not even trying to say I'm against that either. But in observation, when I think about what the revolution that was going on, and that was a revolution of the 60s, and even to look at all that is kind of interesting, but that's when we we kind of started showing up in the 70s from that inspiration to get away from all that and, and live freely like we did in Camp 4. And that's a deeper interpretation of what Camp 4 is. Like Henry and I were talking about, it went back to that idea about it being like a little Woodstock, <laughs> you know, because Henry, Henry, Henry said the same thing. He goes, yeah, I remember hanging out at Dale Bard's band. <laughs> it, it always goes back to Dale Bard's band and the, the, the Jimi Hendrix music and all that. But it was, there was some kind of vibe. And that's always been the interesting thing to try to understand when we say, what was the vibe? What was the essence? What was that era? You know, and, and that, that's important in our storytelling traditions to, to understand how we we are evolving or how things are unfolding but it then depends on who tells the story right so if you keep paralleling this if you look at like some of the buddies say his story like the history isn't told correctly even about the native people right because because it was well yeah we were lied to we're, we're always being lied to is kind of what it, it comes back to so it's very interesting now to try to clear some of this stuff up and think think more futuristic, like what, what do we want the, a human being to look like in 20 years from now, mm. if you think about the way we're going. So some of us are staying in nature, doing these practices, which climbing, you could think of it as a practice too. What will it bring out in you? Right. If, you know, so I don't know. That's just a big flurry of stuff that I just threw out there. But <laughs> this is what's been happening out here because of the reality of working with Native people evokes the reality of you being a human being in the natural sense that we are nature. Mm. And we don't deal with that. And our technological advances are so extreme right now that it's pulling us further and further away from our spiritual perspective or, or reality of being human. Right. Right. So, so that's really a dangerous, we're at a dangerous point in history right now, which way we're going. That's what I'm trying to say. How can we take this serious without, losing ourselves and our intellect that will explain it away every time mm. that oh even to me ron's talking crazy crazier in hell was he new ager is he, he went off the deep end trying to be native or is, you know what 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 happened <laughs> and and nothing's happened i've just stayed in a place long enough that it's evoked my reality of connection mm -hmm. as a human being spiritually speaking and to talk about spirituality is is, is very difficult right even mocked you know, and that's the confusion that's been created once we were separated, colonized, conquered, divided, and, and all that, right? So we're reeling from that in this country from 500 years of, of colonization. That's what some of the talk yesterday. And so we might think, you know what? I just want to go climbing. I just want to enjoy myself. That's okay. But eventually, even when your grip loosens, it's not going to be about just doing the next hardest move. It, it'll be more of it's like talking to Henry or what, like we are so stoked when we start talking about the times of being in Yosemite in the 70s, some route he might have did. Or, and as he's talking about, I could see Elephant Rock or the river. Of course, I'm still living here, which makes it very interesting to, to have that that kind of thread from your youth to older and keep working in your connection and then as with our nonprofit, help the next generation not miss the opportunity to have these incredible 
connections and experiences that are so rich and then it, it lends itself to having a successful life by that connection, by that nurturing. Mm. I don't know the last time I talked to you, but you know, I, when I seen this lady one day holding this tiny baby, I probably did tell you that, I don't know how long ago that was, but, but anyway, it made me think about that little baby was getting nurturing, love, and had the connection and that we spend the rest of our life working to have that or looking for that nurturing mm. love connection. So climbing, it does give us a nurturing, you know, cause we're challenging ourselves and, and then that, that we love to do it. And then there's a connection. So it's, it's very stimulating and important for being a human being to have that kind of opportunity, whatever it may be. But, but we're talking about now with climbing and our climbing community and to advance our story and think about the next generation, you know, like I said, we got a guy at Vidal Cap without a rope. What's the next generation and what are they supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's fun for me. And, and that's why I thought, you know, I got to call up so you see what's going on. Maybe we can just throw stuff around like we've done <laughs> and, and just challenge, challenge ourselves, man. Like wake up. Yeah. Realize we, we've been conditioned too much. Mm. You know, we don't talk about how we feel. Not, not really. Right. Kind of competitive and paranoid. I don't think we even, most of us, I don't think we even know how we feel. I mean, it's, I, I'm curious, like evoking the human spirit. Do you think it is as simple as awareness, like really being present and aware of yourself, of the things around you, of the people next to you, um, versus getting so swept up in the, rat race that you're just kind of along for the ride and letting life take you where it where it takes you is it do you think it's that simple can it be summarized or distilled down to just presence and awareness ultimately i think it is that simple i mean you might have to sit sit on the side of a hill or mountain or whatever for a day and let things fall off of you but but that's why i was trying to point out that in our story as humans we had tradition and culture for thousands of years and since we got separated from that, and then for white people, it's, it's so far back that the memory's completely erased pretty much, right? Mm. So that's what I experienced being a Native community. It's, it's yesterday in California that people were living in a certain way for thousands of years. Mm. And so I'm experiencing that, that kind of connection by participating in the ceremonies and all these things that show how people kept it together. You know, and that gets a little confusing in some ways because organized religion like they probably human beings always try to figure out something i guess to keep themselves to, no i'm not guessing to keep themselves together with with tradition and culture but this is the hard part because that's what i like about the native way it's natural and it has the traditional cultural ways of staying in balance so ceremonies sweat lodges you know um a way of interpreting life when we it said all my relations it basically explains science what science will tell you in the spiritual way. Mm. So science leaves you like the observer and you can't really be a part of it or something. And that's why in science, they'll tell us that we're in the sixth extinction. So we hear it in our, our mind, but it doesn't, doesn't connect to our heart to think, whoa, wh what life is dying, you know, we're in climate collapse, you know. We keep hearing this stuff, but if you got the people that the salmon people up there, they, they feel it in, in their being hmm. because of, of being so close. So to get back to what you're saying, it's just a conscious awareness exactly 
to keep a practice of learning to feel. That's why I like standing barefoot because it's just a practice to feel. And, and that's what these ancient arts of Tai Chi and, and you know, um, Qigong, whatever, people did that and they, they could work with energy. So that's a whole other thing. But I think that if we, we could bring this into our climbing, it's pretty neat to free ourselves and work with good energy and get more connected and feel. But, but also, that's why I wanted to talk to you to throw it out there. So we will start talking about that and this type of thing, right? Right. Freely and openly with common sense. It's just a common sense because we want to take a look at ourselves and, and, and realize we, we are nature. And, and then we, if we look at nature and see how beautiful it is, then we could think, man, what a beautiful thing to have been given a life that you, you have all this power and capacity in your body, the intelligence in our body, you know, and even be meditative on that. But, but, but like I say, we've complicated things because there's so many angles on all this stuff, right? And, and then in our fear, we sort of block each other or judge each other or whatever. And that's why... Again, to talk this way out of, of the, the era that I came in was very open-minded, right? I mean, I think the 70s is open-minded. And, and, and so, and, and then, like I said, Glenn Denny's thing, they really made me think a little bit more about the, those eras of 60s and 70s that were open-minded and, 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 and looking for something uh, that wasn't necessarily there in the mainstream way of life, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this is another consideration when, when the industry came in to start selling stuff back to what Yvonne said, that we appreciated rock climbing when it had no economic value, which people could mock him. And what do you mean you got this big company, but he still held true enough to be one of the greatest examples of capitalism. Give and take like, you know, like yeah. they, 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 they showed the human consciousness and connection and that's the future like like he is pointing at the future too was the whole time and still is and, and that's where i'm coming in too like we have our nonprofit. we're pointing at the future to think how can we help the next generation get a cause and a clue to start with yourself and get your your orientation to being i'll just say it indigenous to the earth so then we think what what is indigenous it means you're part of the landscape and you harmonize because <laughs> the human the human being is the only one that doesn't know what to do half the time right nowadays. <laughs> yeah. You know, isn't yeah. it true? Like, we're just, oh, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's party like it's 1999. <laughs> and, and it's, but, you know, but climbing gave us a direction. These guys started it and they had something to say. And it's why we need to get stronger about what we have to say about it and how it benefits the next ones. Mm. You know, so I'm a product of guys talking about clean climbing and what that meant. And it, it was simpler back then, so it didn't get too complicated. We just, just it just made sense. Use the hex nuts, and we don't have to pound pitons. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was simple, right? But it also sets you in in the the line for having a a band that only costs about three hundred dollars too. <laughs> how do you uh, how do you think about paradoxes? That's something that I my mind kind of keeps coming back to in this conversation is. There's all these interesting paradoxes with with reconnecting to human spirit as a rock climber. For instance, you know, we're out in nature and I think I think climbing's really interesting because some people come into it as athletes and as driven, you know, productivity-minded folks that that want to perform. Other people come to it already from like a very in-tune natural space and and somehow we all kind of seem to meet in the middle, you know. Mm -hmm. Um 
but somehow that like that playfulness and that intuition and that groundedness that comes from being out in nature and and feeling the the texture of the rock and being on the side of a cliff somehow it coexists with chapters or moments or this other thing that is wanting to challenge ourselves, wanting to climb the really hard thing, maybe just for the yeah. sake of, of climbing the new grade or, or whatever. I know that you did a lot of both. And then, you know, I'm also thinking about my trip to Switzerland and Rocklands this summer. Like you said at the start of the conversation, what, you know, ultimate privilege thing to be able to do and probably the greatest carbon footprint thing that I will have done in my adult life. And there's all this climbing I could be doing here in the States, just traveling around in my van. And even that has this environmental impact. And so I'm, I'm trying to be aware of that and aware of the consequences and the choice there, but also noticing that I feel really, I feel like a strong sense of alignment with this trip. Like I feel like yeah. this is a, an amazing opportunity and, um, will bring a lot of connection and experience and appreciation of the world that we live in and the, and the breadth and the vastness of it and the, the variety of it and the texture. And I don't know how to, I, I still don't totally understand how to hold both of those things. Like they seem like total contradictions. Like, okay, you care about the environment and you care about yeah. connecting with nature, but you're going to fly to, to the other side of the planet yeah. to, to do it. Um, how do you hold those interesting paradoxes? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean about spiritual revolution for evolution. It's like, it's true. We're in, in a paradox is a great word to describe all these things. And that's what starts to confuse us in our intellect. Be because we, that's what I'm saying. We're trying to explain things on that level a lot. And so there's a, that's why I like the idea of Aikido and the philosophy of energy. So what I'm, I'm looking at is the bigger picture. Like we, we, we try to play with this intellectually, which is fair enough, you know, well, I got my carbon footprint and, and all this stuff, you know, and, and there's truth to that. But wh what I'm getting at now is all that's happening, right? That plane's going whether you're going or not. Now, however you want to look at that is up to you. But what I'm trying to say is it, identifying what happened to the human being. And yesterday's talk is is what evoked me to want to call you and talk of this stuff is, is when you see all of us in this room, white people or little dark people, whatever, but it's human beings, right? And we're there all, we're all there trying to make sense of what are we really doing and how do we contribute to Yosemite as interpreters to, to inspire the world or to know about native stuff. And I don't mean to say native stuff disrespectfully, just a native way. But, but see, my education has shown me that it's a human way. It's a way of being human. So, so if we want to try to understand that, we have to keep looking into what happened to us, right? So, so we got conditions to, um, well, we're trying to find ourselves, right? And so all these things happen in a society, in, in a world that kind of got all blown up. And it's literally and figuratively, <laughs> you know, if, you, if we can grasp that is, is a part of our humanity's history, what happened to us, you know? And so that's what trips me out about living in Yosemite and, and finding a sense of place, finding a sense of connection through rock climbing. But then, like I've said before, furthering my education in the native community, which is, it isn't that it's just native community, it's human beings. Then if I look at the history of the country, I'm thinking, well, what happened to all of us, you know, and where is this headed? So I guess part of my point is to activate your humanness is just like you were saying earlier, become more aware 
of what's happening, more appreciative, taking a little more time. Because that, that's what I'm getting at is like we're kind of stuck, right? We're kind of stuck and everything's moving too fast. And I think that's part of our, our issue right now is we don't slow down enough to to have a practice, you know, the little rituals or something that help ground us, that you know, and, and um, it's just interesting. And that's why it is complicated for our minds because we are flying around, you know, symbolically speaking, literally speaking, and, and, and we need to be grounded and we need to create some more vision that syncs up with our relationship to the earth ultimately. And I think that's the main thing I'm getting at. Right now we're all, you know, that's like working with Patagonia's ambassador. We always have, there's some campaigning about the salmon or Oak Flat out there in Arizona and people out there doing environmental stuff and they're joining with native people. So in, in this evolution, we, we do want to come together as, as one people, you know? And so there's something really exciting to get that into our, our uh, participation, you know? So, so that's why it's fun to, tr- to try to have this conversation because this is the conversation we're not having, <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're, yeah. not, we're not having these kind of conversations. I hear these podcasts where they're kind of trying to sell whiskey and stuff, right? <laughs> so, so we're all, or, or you got the, the that HBO thing that came on with Sharma. I only saw the trailer, and I don't mean to be judgmental of any of this, just to observe. And, and I, I thought to myself, that seems like Hunger Games to me. Hmm. The, the, that it, you, know, you got $100,000 for the winner, and, and then some company you know, will give you a $100,000 contract. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just like, where what where's that going? You know, where's that yeah. going? We're playing around with all this stuff to be entertained. So that's back to what Yvonne said about we enjoy climate and had no economic values. So we're like, whoa, that's a statement and a half. But <laughs> we're all stuck in the paradox that you just brought up earlier is that we have to make money. Mm. But if these companies that made millions of dollars had some more sophisticated approach to contributing to the reality of being human, we would be cultivating a, a richer consideration of what it means to be educated because that's our biggest problem we're not that educated we're conditioned we're indoctrinated we're brainwashed and we're following the script that's handed to us you know we're not thinking outside the box we'd like to think we are you know but the messages aren't coming through Mm. and that's where i'm that's where i'm coming on with you to challenge that that's the challenge i want to throw out there is how are we truly evolving and what can we do to, to really help the earth? And the, the trick is to remember who you are as a human being and it's your nature. And, and laugh all you want, but that's the, the reality. Yeah. That, that is straight up reality. So nothing will get more real than you recognizing you were created in your natural being. And I'm not trying to get spiritual or religious talking right now. That's a fact. So when we talked maybe last time, we were saying, you know, one of the things about climbing up Captain or, or trying to do that boulders you are completely connected to reality that's what i would say to the kids when they're down there in their little prison cell i go you guys this is re- your reality you know that you're locked in that that jail what are you going to do to get out you know so we're, we're, some of these activities are, are helping us to face reality but we have to continue to interpret what is reality and that's what i'm getting at so if they make these tv things and it, and it keeps playing with our mind to be envious of somebody that's famous or or looks so great like i don't know what to think about that sometimes you mm-hmm. know i'm not saying it's good or bad it's cool to have people you look up to and that's the subtlety of all this stuff but we know 
as you know very well know, you start working a hard boulder problem, and it's eventually the subtleties that you learn to take you up that that route, right? Right. So as being human, it's the same process. We're getting into the subtleties now that that make it a worthy challenge to interpret who we are. And this is the big question right now because the technological advances that are happening in this world are are contributing are continuing the dehumanization and the desensitizing of a human being to just turn into whatever it is going to be, right? <laughs> no longer human in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's what the native people had to go through when the people showed up here. Yeah. I mean, how, how can people show up and start killing people and saying that they're savages and they're, they're not human? You, you got to flip the script on that one. Mm. Yeah. So it's heavy talk. Yeah. But I think it's something to throw into our psyche to realize that we're not always some of the most privileged people in some ways of saying, I don't like to say it that way, but fortunate people that we have health, we, we have time and, and somehow support to go travel the world. And I support you on your trip. I think it'll be awesome. And I got to do that too, you know, and, and it's such a great thing meeting people and connecting. But again, if we can harness that, incredible experience we're getting as a climbing community throughout the world and start to line up and say, you know, we need to start another little thing or big thing that has to do with the advancing of us as human beings and take it serious because you want to be an activist. You want to be an environmentalist. There's your, there's the way, one of the best ways to do it. Activate our connection as human beings so that we, we get that relationship back into nature. And then we even know more about how to take care of it and make choices. That's back to our original con- connection with climbing when, when there was no money. Like we said, we just figured out how to live as simple as possible off of nothing. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know we were doing it. We just, that was just the <laughs> way it was, right? And that's kind of a human story back in our indigenous sense. We just took what we needed because life was so rich, bro. The spiritual connection. Imagine living in Yosemite with no cars and lights and, and uh, law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it and you've, you've painted such a great picture. Um, I do, I, it is fascinating. So, you know, I, I just told you, I, I had this friend's wedding this past weekend. That's why I came back up here to Washington and I had a bunch of moments over the weekend, you know, just like reconnecting or, or just connecting so deeply with a lot of my favorite people, this couple that got married, all their friends, family, and um, everything just slows. Everything's just simple. And you're just there with amazing people, eating food, dancing, sitting and talking. And I remember, yeah, there's several times over the weekend where I just had this thought, like, am I going to be able to, like, I feel so full right now. I feel so... um, just like overflowing and, and just topped off and um, just like, oh, wow, this is so much more than enough. You know, like this is the stuff that makes a rich life. And am I going to be able to bring this with me? Are we all going to bring be able to bring this with me even into the next week? You know, when we go back, when we all go our separate ways and go back to our lives. And it's just fascinating how hard it is to hold on to that kind of simplicity. And, you know, it's crazy. Like I, I pursue my own climbing goals and I train all the time and I do the podcast and I do it by myself and it's a ton of work. And 
Um, sometimes it all feels hard and it keeps me super busy. The thing that is always, always the hardest for me to do is to write do nothing on my calendar and actually stick to it, you know, for like one day a week, just do nothing. And um, I, I don't fully understand. I mean, I don't understand why that is. Like, why is it that we are so prone to being caught up, to getting caught up in in just the the kind of the tide, you know? I mean, it's, I guess it's this the way that entire the entire society is run. And, and so I guess that carries a lot of inertia and we just get swept up in it. But it is so fascinating that it's become so difficult to simply do nothing or to do very little and to stand in the yard with your, with your shoes off and just, you know, feel the connection to the earth. And that's one thing I appreciate so much about you is at least from the outside looking at it, it seems like that's very easy for you to do. Um, or maybe that's just a choice you made somewhere along the way. But yeah, I, I don't even know if I have a question at the end of this whole thing, it's just, I'm kind of just sharing thoughts, but um, was, was there, tell me about that transition. Like, was that a slow thing that you drifted into? Um, did you make a conscious decision at some point? Like I'm going to take this other fork in the road. You know, and before you you take off on that, right, like a question, because you said you weren't really putting a question out there, but you were putting <laughs> something out there really significant bro really significant we've been industrialized we were trained we were trained to produce as employees to run a system so we got those instructions but some of us kind of turned it to to have enough intelligence to organize ourselves like you're doing to have this type of life that you're living you that that you're experiencing within within that matrix or whatever they want to call it and, and so that's so interesting you know, and, and that's what I'm trying to get at right there. That's what I'm trying to get at is for us to have some kind of conversations and, and tease out like, and I'm in the same boat too, but I came from a little bit different generation, which I keep trying to reference why I feel the way I did. There was no big transformations, except, you know, in life, we get these dramatic things like when my leg got broken, my motorcycle that just puts you down and you're like, whoa, you know, like shock value changes. But in general, again, I was set up with a tradition and culture that isn't what people think about placing gear or not. <laughs> it's how it was presented a way of life. And Camp 4 was it. It was simple. It was kind of colorful, to say the least. It was creative. It was it was had a spiritual little aura up around it. And, and all that stuff was happening. So that's my foundation. And I just slowly over time built it that's my character i guess i don't i don't speed around exactly um and as i've said you know to to evolve in a way and get the education to evoke my indigenous self is i think what tuned my ears to listen to the wind or my eyes to see see the, the birds or whatever you know or my feet to connect to the ground and, and it's such a good feeling that you just can't help yourself to want to share it right because mm. I understand that the side effects to this modern society is we don't feel that good about ourselves. We're stressed. We're anxious. We got things that they throw out at us with the 9-11, the COVID, a lot of that crazy stuff that we don't know what to make of it, right? We, we don't, we're not that sure about the history. We're not sure to what to believe. They say conspiracy theory. So then there's all that. 
that you can't talk about. So then I kept thinking about it, you know, and I go, well, you know what? We just need to get ourselves reorientated to our indigenous connection, but don't get lost in the word indigenous. If you say indigenous, that's like the bear that roams around my house or, or the, the raccoons or the skunk or the oak tree that, that are indigenous. So that the, the people were the ones that learned how to follow the nature and harmonize yourself with the nature. So that's the education I'm trying to imagine to bring back into the context of, of what it means to be human and educated. So that's sacred rock right there, which is committed to, to rewriting the educational system based on these facts of what it means to be human and, and be nature. We are nature. We're counting on the nature, but we're destroying the nature at such a rate now that it, it's all hanging in the balance. What will we do? So the exciting news is if we can get ourselves back into context of what it means to, to be indigenous, we will we will remember what we need to do to mm. to bring it back into balance. But the balance has to start with ourselves. Mm. So so when you put doing nothing, you're going to realize this is my biggest day to do something. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you'll turn it around. And, and that's a hard to do, man. It's hard to do. Because sometimes I think I was telling you before I questioned myself, what am I doing? I'd be walking up these hills or, you know, just taking a long walk. And then I thought to myself, I guess this is my job, like to walk out here and just <laughs> look around and feel things years ago. And then slowly over time, your mind thinks, what can you do? And that's when the Sega Rock thing came in. Mm. So wow. like I'm a student of nature, I guess. And then it, and it, then it'll show you other things. But, but that's what I'm trying to get at. We have to break the spell. We're in a time of breaking spells, I, be, I feel. Break the spell because of the conditioning and the brainwashing that we've been put through. We're kind of just going along with stuff and we don't know it. Right. We don't know it. Right. And, and, and the industry, capitalism doesn't care, you know, in a, in a general generalizing about capitalism. They say anything to sell something. Make up any kind of story. You know, and, and so that's dangerous to the human psyche because we there's that, that documentary people might want to check out called Corporation, and, and they reference it as a psychopath because it has no remorse. Its bottom line is profit. Mm. You know, so, so we kind of know this sort of intellectually, but we, we somehow haven't spiritually acknowledged it in, in the sense of like, how do we interpret that as, as this, of what happened to the human being? How did human beings ever get so destructive and violent? They lost their nurturing love connection. Mm. We need to promote the nurturing love connection. So we need to know ourselves enough to know what kind of nurturing we need and what it means to be nurtured by the sun. So we need to take time to get that story back. We need this story back to think about what a magnificent thing it is just being. So that day where you do nothing is to recognize what a magnificent thing to be, to just be and, and allow yourself, because that's what I'm getting at. Even my daughter would tell me when I stayed in Tuolumne, she'd go out by the river and she'd go, Dad, when I first go out there, I was just nervous and anxious. I was just thinking about so many things. But I kept going over the river and now I just relax. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, and, let the, and, and so she tuned herself to the river. You know, and I thought, well, there it is. Mm. When we say education, nature's way, you know, which came from that Shoshone elder, Corbin Harney, about writing a book, Nature's Way, the way it is. It, it's it's trying to bring something back around and it's not like we have to like we're going to do it in one day or anything but it's setting the the course and direction in a, in evoking our spirituality and, and that's what's so interesting to keep saying well what does that mean and we'll have to understand our own way but if we help each other we start ways to talk about it with an open mind 
and that's what I like talking to you, you know, just because we're just having a conversation and it's fun to share with the world, <laughs> you know, as far as it can go. And you admitting what you were saying about like being at the wedding, your family and friends, that's what it's all about. That's, that's tribal in its own sense, community. So, so, and then you think, but then we're all going to go to the 12 directions, you know, and, and, and so that's kind of not that easy because life changed in that way. We didn't used to go all over the place. You know, we used to go as far as we could walk probably. And we were so close to each other. But now I think the closeness can come through these opportunities that we have to communicate. And that's what we were saying yesterday when they said, you know, we all have medicine. We have good medicine or bad medicine. We can promote something good or bad. And, and that's another book called Wittigo. Paul Levy, people might want to check out. It kind of talks about that that good and bad that we have to exist with their dark and light and, and we need it to, to balance ourselves. But again, there's a story in all this that can help connect us, support us. And, and, and as, as it was said, we're connected in the seven generation. I like that, that way of saying the seven generations behind us, where we're at and the seven generations ahead, there's a flow that that's see we, and that's what we're kind of, we've created without knowing it. I don't think we realize the, the why it's like this, you know, but we have tradition and culture was always a part of something. So even in our climbing story, even if it's only been 50 years, 100 years, say, around here, there's still a story that we're trying to keep in context of, of what we've learned and how we, we continue to share it. <clears throat> and I think that's Yvonne's point about the economic thing. So in what we're doing here now, you just decided – to do a podcast and it came available with the tools of technology. So we're using the tools of technology in a good way to have good medicine, to nurture, love, connect with, with our, um, what we all relate to when we take a, a hold on the rock and pull yourself, mm, you know? Right. And now at this stage of life, that's so soulful to me to just think about it. it it's like, Oh, I lost you. Are you there? There we go. I had to say technology and it just failed. <laughs> but I was getting into it because I was, you know, <laughs> this is what's exciting about now for me to talk to you as you go on this trip that I already started to picture the places you're going to be in. <laughs> and, and it brought me to the, the, the um, emotional sensitive phenomena of grabbing a hold and pulling on it. Right. Mm. Like it's, it's so soulful to me now to think about that. <clears throat> and that's where we're talking about. To, to shift our consciousness into being so free, so thankful and appre appreciating the opportunity that that's going to make us all better climbers, right? Because mm. we want to. There's a very stressful sometimes to climb these things, you know. Right. But but if we're if we're going to evolve and and cultivate the richness of experience to be better people, then we could work with that intense challenge to further our connection to ourselves and the place which translates into our ability to be activists, if you will, or, or human beings in participating in the healing, the great healing of humanity's connection to the earth because we're rape and pillaging the earth because of our disconnect and sensitivity. But all the sensitivity that can come through rock climbing is sort of an example and a, a way to learn to be sensitive yeah. and, and, and be humble because that's where the arrogance comes Some this arrogant thing is not a good way to be, you know, and, 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 um, the ego and all that stuff, it's all there for us to learn, but we're trying to 
manage ourselves as human beings with our arrogance and our ego, our over-competitiveness maybe, you know, and, and to work together. And I think it is great attitudes. Don't be wrong. I mean, I, I think people are doing that. And, and But I'm just thinking about how to take it a little further in the context of environmental activism and, and knowing that what's truly needs to be activated is is our our heart and our ability to connect to another level and that would make sense for evolution mm -hmm. and, and that's why i think to to get the the um the psyche on spiritual revolution for evolution it's just fun to say <laughs> isn't that just fun to say like we yeah, can say that great. you know and it and it kind of makes sense because it's all based on the the nurturing love connection and and, and somehow said with the power behind it that respects life you know what ultimately we're saying we're here to respect life mm. and, and that's that's put that into your psyche you know and, and and try to watch how we're doing that are we nice to each other you know or or do we think bad thoughts there's all this kind of shift in consciousness now is going to be part of the saving grace which i learn in, in native community with our ceremonies because we know at some level there's some things beyond our comprehension that can happen just through good thoughts. And that's another realm of intelligence that human beings have, especially in the indigenous circles of spirituality, ceremonies, tradition, culture. And, and those, we're all related. So because we're human, it's within our ability to, to do that. Mm -hmm. But we have to be shown, right? It, it needs to be shown. So that's what we're trying to say the education that we can get needs to come into the context of our, of our evolution because the education we received was by the colonizer, by the industrialization, by the master slave system. And again, I'm not for or against this. It just happened and it evolved and it made sense to some people, didn't make sense to others. But now what we need to make sense of, we all need land, air, and water to be healthy so we can be healthy. We need to understand natural laws. So these natural laws need to be figured out so that we can introduce them to our next generation that says this is how these are the instructions we really need to follow. And Tom Frost said that to me once when we were at the Stanford Alpine Club. And I said, well, what do you think the future is for for us? And, and I meant for rock climbing a little bit, but but it, but he was thinking in the bit broader sense, which is all connected. He said, well, there's two ways we could go. We can follow the man-made laws or the natural laws. Mm. And I was like, wow, that was a statement. <laughs> And, and the main thing is we should never get overwhelmed. Just keep an open mind. Yeah. Keep your creative thoughts. And then we're, we're setting our compass together to go in a direction, just head a direction that says, I want to be more aware. I want to be uh, healthier in my mind, body, spirit. That's why yoga came over here. But it got exploited too. Mm. And, the, and the, I don't know that the people could could really promote the spirituality of yoga enough somehow because it got taken away but anyway whatever that is or isn't it's still something that's moving in a direction and, and even all this stuff needs help so it's not exploited so much so um the, rock climbing is such an interesting simple activity and still has its individual creative you can go do what you want but if if we kind of promote the respect to it and the the opportunity to grow as a person just bring it into the psyche for the next generation, then they would be introduced. They would have some kind of orientation like that, right? Right. And it's, I think that's, that's mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's um <clears throat> it's all that old wisdom that's been lost, and I think that's where 
we are so, like us contemporary people are like so naive when it comes to science, you know, like we, we just are so quick to think that if we don't have a scientific explanation for something, then it's not real. That's um, right. But we see it all the time. We, we, you know, we, we think those thoughts, we think progressive or, or beautiful or loving thoughts, and it does change us. And it does, um, it does have real power that we can't see or understand, um, but we can right. feel and, and connect to. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I just had the thought, like, um, usually in this podcast, I really try to make things, you know, nuggets. I'm always collecting nuggets from, from my guests, collecting, you know, insights and wisdom and advice and trying to make things really tangible because it's so overwhelming to, to navigate this space of how do I become a better climber? How do I have a, a better relationship with myself and my climbing and my partners and all that? And, you know, if anyone's listening and expecting us to, to leave them with actionable takeaway advice, we're probably not going to do that. This is just kind of a think out loud, you know, process this stuff out loud conversation. But that really is what this is all about is just tuning in a little bit more and, you know, bringing in a little bit more reflection. And I was just thinking about the wedding again, you know, you, you saying that the podcast came along and technology has allowed me to do this. Yeah, it's like the answer is not to just like go sit in the woods with with friends and like not ever make anything again, you know? Like I I was just thinking about the people I was with at the wedding and I get to go back to doing this thing that I love that's the most fulfilling thing I've ever done and creating something feels really life-giving and special to me. And my friend Jen, who I met this weekend and became close friends with, she gets to go back to where she's from and she's a doctor and helps people with addiction and helps people get off the street and manage their Mm -hmm. addiction. And then my two friends that got married, they lead these beautiful sound baths and help people just reconnect with, with themselves through music and drop away, you know, let everything drop away from their busy lives and and have, they create those moments of nothing and, and those moments of connection for people. And so we all have these like beautiful, amazing things that we're working on. But I know for myself, it really just does come back to balance, not just with the way I spend my time, but also I think it's like the mental state that I navigate all that with, you know, like it's so easy to get swept up when I'm working week to week on the podcast in this like kind of frantic, like, huh, okay, I got to do this, got to do that. Yeah. I've got this on Thursday. Okay. This yeah, to-do list is full. My whole week is packed. Okay. When am I going to train? Blah, blah, blah. And I can have that same, if I have the thoughtfulness and the, and the presence to drop back and slow down, I can have the exact same week, the exact same calendar, all the same stuff on my to-do list and just be like, huh, okay. Today's Wednesday. I'm going to talk to Ron. Tomorrow's Thursday. I've got this going on, you know? And it it can really be a completely different experience if I remember to to tune in and and really be connected. Um, So it it goes back to nuance. It's the subtlety and the nuance and the the seeming paradoxes, you know? There's There's no simple answers to all this stuff. But I know that I'm the least happy when I'm swept up in the whirlwind and just kind of in that frantic state, you know, even if I'm doing things that make me feel fulfilled and proud, it's really the, the, the state that I'm in when I'm doing it. Whereas if I'm 
if I feel peaceful and grounded and present, I can be very busy and and be doing a lot of things. And it's just like an expression of, of it's like peace in motion, you know, it's just like happiness. Um, and it, and it all feels really life-giving. So it's just interesting that we like, we really do, I guess, as I'm like saying all this, I'm like, oh, it's really obvious that you can kind of be doing anything and bring that connection to whatever you're doing. But we, as humans, we just kind of need practices to, yes. to snap us out of the whirlwind and to bring us back. That's right. That might be where Tom Frost was, as I hear you saying this, because I was thinking, I said this friend I was talking about the other day and we were chatting kind of like you and I are. And I said, you know, look at the breeze going through those little grass, the grass there. He said, there is a way to be natural. And he just smiled, got it. We were just kind of joking around. But but as I hear you say this, you know, we are looking for our natural rhythm. And, and now I'm thinking about yoga because they, they shared that with the so-called West over here. And, and it's about your breath, you know, the breathing and your heartbeat. So so we need to be aware of ourselves. This is part of the going in to to not neglect our heart and, and breathing. And that's why yoga is a practice for that. And, and as we go into, like I said, the nuances, it's so spiritual to be aware of ourselves, you know, and, and talk about exciting, like, to, well, our, we, we say a lot in our world, you got to love yourself first, you know, and, and help yourself to help others. And, and see, if, if we weren't talking, I wouldn't have known you were up at the wedding and there was this nice person you met and she helps addiction people on the streets or these people. And so that just opened my mind a little further to think. Oh, there's people out there doing that. That's really nice to hear <laughs> and report this because there is, a, I think we're in a new beginning right now. It feels like there's a new beginning of possibility, which there is every day that the entire earth turns us back to the sun. So that I guess in some ways, like, see, we're not necessarily leaving some particular, you know, go stand barefoot and you'll figure it all out. But to get, <laughs> to get the story back, we need to be inspired by life again. Mm. this is what I feel is we've lost the inspiration for life. So we make up, we're doing all this stuff, right? We got to do this and do that. And I get some feeling of accomplishment because I pulled over the top of whatever it was. And that's true. You did. And then what, you know, the next thing, the next thing, and, and there's an addictive kind of thing in that, but I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying we're in an evolution right now that, that needs to, to help ourselves, to help others come back to the richness of just being, and, and that's where this meditation, but, but see, that's what I'm saying. We fast track everything. So because of our frantic lives, uh, you can get to do yoga for a couple hours, but then you got to jump back out there on the 405 or wherever it is down there in LA and, and get back to traffic. So no disrespect to that either. But, but the whole point is like what you were just saying to become more conscious and you could still go about your day with this, um, first and foremost, love for yourself to say, I got to nurture myself. And I'm losing it because I can. You, we can all feel when that anxiety starting to build up. Like mm -hmm. you got to get somewhere, be somewhere, and and there's a reason for that because you know you're trying to react. But that might be part of our understanding is how are we reacting to things? What does it mean to be responsible? Like the ability to respond to something, and and again, that's where if we're if we're looking at all that stuff and then we go into our rock climbing mode, what a liberating thing to do to kind of work in the flow of rock climbing as a way to manage ourselves and, and, and connect with that environment. And that's how I'm, what I'm trying to make sense of now is 
that we we would look at rock and try to fit ourselves in this almost impossible looking situation but believe we could figure it out and take the time to do that and now what i'm trying to say is what is it that we're getting out of that as a community as a tradition as a culture as you know as a clan of people and how can we stir up something to to advance ourselves even in that without mocking it without like still being competitive now that we got to put someone down because they're trying to talk like this you know because that's where i think we've been conditioned so much to stay in the box but see we started we were way out of the box man <laughs> you know and 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 so that's where i've, I've kind of kept myself out of the box and and realizing that that's why these conversations when i thought about talking to you would be fun to try to have to see where it would go and know that our intention is about healing and, and promoting a even better experience to advance ourselves you know mentally physically and spiritually and to somehow have that as normal that's that this is what this should sound normal mm -hmm. how we're talking not like the crazy guys that are distracting from you know what you really should be doing no, we're taking time to consider our health and well-being and, and 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 inspire others and that's what's got me going because if a guy like myself could live within in this realm of yosemite for, for however long it's been basically a whole life you would think what did that give you and and again i was sparked by the other day with ben denny's and all the talk that came through and thinking he was a true yosemite climber and like i said earlier what did that mean he's a human being that had an experience that he got the knowledge and he shared the wisdom very you know through a book called valley walls you know and and, and that, that's that's my story too so he he, he dedicated the book to the de dozens how do i say doesn't dissonance the, the caretakers or something that, there's a fancy name for that i forget the denizens i don't know but anyway, and, and his wife was there, so he dedicated the next book to her. But he said, the first book I have to de dedicate to the Camp 4 community. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I thought, that's so heavy that he did that because I feel it. I used to meet him and we'd talk and we would instantly kind of go into something that was the essence of that timing. So so that's for me being, you know, in the mix, climbing and being here and, and, and thinking, man, the richness of this experience is really a powerful thing. But you see it get kind of fast-tracked almost into extreme sports or something and red bull and hbo and and all that and, and nothing against it all but it's kind of it keeps disconnecting more than connecting i think mm. for for the you know like the competitive part of it and that's where like say it gets subtle to talk about is it's not like to put anything down at all but uh there's something in our our history that we got to keep track of in our rock climbing and in the world to, to try to understand ourselves as human beings, because we have been definitely railroaded, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and we have to wake up to that reality, but still do what we got to do to survive. But our responsibility as human beings is the next generations. Mm. And that's what you realize more and more, the older you get, you're like, man, you really can, uh, think about the people before you and think, oh, I'm so glad I was set up by Royal Robbins. Mm. You know, just the whole imagery and the simplicity of it. So not to sound like an, a broken record, but it, it's just it. we are in a very exciting time to remember what it means to be human and, and realize the power we have in our relationship to all creation. And, and as we say, all our relations, the whale out there, 
the polar bear, you know, the penguins. What a beautiful thing to think about. But, but we don't take time. We're, we're distracted. And that's all by design, bro. We're being distracted all the time, all the time. And, and, and like say, we need those days to just slow it down and just be okay to be. And then have an open mind for the messages we could get to. What, how can we creatively respond, create new jobs, create new realms? And, and that's what I'm so thankful for Sacred Rock. Oh, my God. What an amazing thing to have a good group of diverse people that we can keep it going and, and get the support, but but think outside the box, creatively um, come up with these things, creative, like little books we do, you know, and, and the way we go on walks real naturally with the kids. We don't force them to do nothing. And, and I got the greatest compliment there day from one of our little girls down there. And it gets in trouble and stuff. And, and she told her chaperone, she goes, Ron's one of my favorite new people. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that just, I felt so good because that's the relationship we're building is, is like family, you know, to be natural, mm. you know, and not force things because everyone has a unique way of seeing things. And, and that's basically back to our, our native way of approaching life is to be natural, you know. So, so when we do something like climbing that's natural, it could evoke the idea of it just being natural across the board, you know? So it's a, it's a sophisticated, it's challenging us to have a more sophisticated look at the experience of rock climber, rock climbing as a way to what? Be human? A way, Chenard was coining that way back. It, it could be considered a way of life. Mm. <clears throat> but now we have to really understand our responsibility to that kind of statement. So, so maybe, maybe this is just, Again, anybody that's listening would just feel more inspired to be themselves and creatively engage in, in expressing yourself, how you feel, or what opportunities come to us in any way, shape, or form to contribute to the experience that climbing gives us and keep it in a direction that would help someone else too or take care of your local area. There's just so many ways that I think once we make this connection with ourselves that we will naturally respond to promoting something that's going to make something a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just had the thought that, you know, for anyone who's, who's still listening and feels overwhelmed by all this, I think one thing that I remind myself that that's a really helpful, simple phrase is I'm in control of my own life. Just reminding myself of that. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that, you know, if I'm outside climbing, for instance, it's so easy to, still be tied, you know, tied up in like the, the agenda, like, okay, I'm going to go warm up here. I'm going to go try this thing. Hopefully I do it so I can check it off so I can move on to the next goal. And then it's getting dark and I got to go back and I got to shower and I got to go to bed so I yeah. can work tomorrow. And you don't have to let all of that be the thing that's driving you, you know, like you can, you can kind of step back and remind yourself that you're in control of your life. And you can stop and take two minutes to just sit there and enjoy the sun on your face anytime and, and just go. slow down a little bit more. Thanks for saying all that. Thanks. Yeah. Because it's true. It's funny how it, it can somehow threaten to overwhelm us. And yet we, we do have these amazing stories about Emily was it Emily, your name that did Frito cap or, you know, and the, and what we go up against to challenge ourselves in these overwhelming situations. So as climbers, we've kind of, almost trained ourselves to deal with being overwhelmed. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yet in this thing called life, 
that's where I, I'm bringing it into everything's connected. So climbing El Caperduce is all kind of a learning about being here in this world. So, but I like what you just brought it around that maybe a lot of this is about calming down, slowing down and, and just get back in tune with the beautiful story that we're in just being ourselves and, and being in this earth, this beautiful natural world and, and look a little bit more at the natural world for our inspiration and, and our motivation to be creative. Right. You know? So that, that was, it's fun to take a shot at this. And, and I so appreciate the time. Um, the thoughts can be a little simpler when you stand there barefoot. And, and, and then when you put it into voice and in a conversation, then you might think how many people would listen to this. It, 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 it's not the easiest conversation to have, but ultimately I think we're teasing out something that, that may spark thoughts in other people's minds that have other ideas and, and you might be talking to them on your podcast or, or maybe we can, we're just kind of having a little influence, hopefully to take the conversation and the interpretation of rock climbing as a way of life a little further and, and to have more of that's like living here, you know, the influence of rock climbing or my relationship here in Yosemite with the park service with the native community, but all, all a lot of my education came through climbing rocks so I can apply it to, to a, a strategy of, of participating in community. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's why we're here. We love it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, um, thanks for doing this, Ron. It was really, it was really nice to see your email pop up in my inbox and just kind of immediately I scanned through it and I was like, yes, I don't, I have no idea where this is going to go or, or what we're going to be able to you know, get across to people, but like, yes, I do want to have this conversation and, um, want to have it more often. It's just amazing how, yeah, again, I'm not saying anything new or we're going in circles maybe a little bit here, but it's, it's just amazing to me how easy it is to just get swept up and everything. So I, I really appreciate that, that you're kind of holding it down, you know, for, for all of us in a sense, like you're, you're living, as such a great example of how to exist in nature, in community, have simplicity, and just focus your energy on doing the things that you care about and sharing that with others. And if we could all do a little bit of, of that, then we'd be, I think we'd be going in the right direction. So. Hey, you know what, brother, you know, what just came to me standing out here in the backyard and, and, and being with the nature, in some ways, what I feel like is happening is, is me as a human being is, is listening to the nature. I have a sense of place. And, and it's as if, I mean, it sounds kind of wild, but I feel like it, it, it was the nature trying to come through and talk. It's saying, don't forget about me. Mm. You know, we got to connect. And, and that's what I do in my own way. I, I'm working on my connection every day. I go out there pretty much. And, and so I just, it just came to me to think about because as humans, it's, it's hard to keep things clear sometimes but in the nature the nature helps us keep clear and, and tuned and nurtured so that that's that's what i think this talk was about is we're human beings trying to make sense of the nature of ourselves and the nature is telling us who we are when we're in nature like there's that relationship right so i think that's that's where we're at as human beings as indigenous people but we all are 
our relationship with nature needs to get stronger so that we can follow those instructions that we get intuitively, heartfelt, and help clear our mind. Because see, we're trying to deal with an intellectual kind of talk here almost, you know, in some ways, and it's still, you know, heartfelt, but it's, it, this is the challenge we're in as human beings to make sense of what it means to be human and be na- nature ourselves and connect to nature. So that that's what I must be getting at and why it came in this way, like, man, I got to call up. We, should, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> but but it was like the nature needs a voice, right? We need to have, we have an ear to hear. I can hear the river down here all the time, right? So it's, it's springtime. So it's kind of loud, literally. But it's also like my one friend said, nature puts on its best suit in the springtime. <laughs> we got flowers going. So there's this expression happening everywhere for, for us humans to, to know who we are and how we fit into all this, right? So that, that's just a, another thought to, to anchor all this into. Let's remember to commune with nature in our own way and take that time of the day or week where we can do that. Mm-hmm. So good thoughts. Good, wait. good thoughts, man. Good, good thoughts. That's what we say. Good thoughts. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, so good talking to you. I really, All right, brother. Thank you. Really and appreciate if I don't it. see you, yeah, have the greatest trip in the world. And, uh, you know, hang on those holds. <laughs> I don't, don't try too hard, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to find the flow. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the time. And whoever was out there, thank you too. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. And um, we'll talk to y'all soon.